0: reading comes from First John, chapter three, verse sixteen. Um, please read along with me. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Amen. Is there another? For the brothers. You did. Thank you Sasha. For the brothers. Um it's my <laughs> it's also my great pleasure to invite up uh Pastor David. It'll be um one of his last sermons as you know um he will be ending with us at the end of the year. Um so yeah, that's uh we look forward to hearing from you brother. For the brothers. And sisters <laughs> uh you know just c- contextualizing this passage, paul speaks um you know when he exhorts primarily about the brothers, but he's really talking about the whole the whole church um but yeah, we've been preaching through this series on our notable three sixteen passages in scripture, all right chapter three, verse sixteen uh, passages uh, in the New Testament, and they all tell us something about who Jesus is and what Jesus does. And so far we've looked at, uh, if you remember, Christ, the one who gives the Holy Spirit. We've looked at Christ, the promised child of the covenant. We've looked at Christ as the object of our faith. And last week we looked at Christ as the Lord of peace. And now we come to another theme, which I think is really fitting as we come close to Christmas, and that is Christ, the love of God. And that word love, it's used a lot in our culture, right? Uh, Books, songs, galore, talk about love all the time. Um, I was just thinking about the other day the many songs with love in the title, uh, Crazy in Love, Endless Love, Bleeding Love, How Deep is Your Love, Give Me Love. So many songs about love. They're all very different. Yet, there's very little understanding of what love really is. There's a lot of definitions, but it's hard to put your finger on what love really is to us. You know, for some, love is a feeling, primarily. It's a powerful emotion. It's an attraction to someone or something. For some people, love is a passion, right? You can love your work. You can love a particular sports team or hobby. For a lot of us, love is a commitment. It's this unspoken relational commitment to your spouse or to your family. You know, if if you don't like them, you, you love them, right? It's hard to know what we mean by love, uh, but I want to say this. We don't know what we mean by love, but we know that we need love. That's why we talk about it so much. That's why we think about it and use it in different ways, we sing about it, we make movies about it, we know that we need love. And our passage today tells us uh, what love is, very simply, it tells us what love is in First John 3.16. It says this, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And chances are you're here this morning and you're hearing this passage about love, about God's love. About how God defines love. And I think it will evoke different reactions in you guys. Some of you are honestly, when you hear about God's love, you're not you're not sure. Like and you have the question genuinely, how do I really know that God loves me? Some of you are here this morning and you hear God's love, this this term God's love, love of God, and honestly, you're just too distracted, you're you're indifferent. Doesn't really mean much to you maybe some of you are here and you hear this phrase, God's love, and you want to know more of God's love and what it means to love others. There's a call for every single person here this morning to know what love is, not as the culture defines it, not as the world defines it, because that's too confusing, it's too varied, but as God defines love. And our passage points us the three things that we must do to know God's love, to live in God's love. Three things. They all start with L. We must look, we must leave, and we must learn. Okay, so the first thing is we must look. That's the first thing that we see in the text this morning. The author is John, and he's making a really bold claim. If you think about What he's saying here, he says that you and I can actually know love. There's so many different definitions of love out there. It's used in confusingly varied ways. But he says, you can actually know what love is. Verse 16, by this we know love. He makes a very emphatic, bold statement. By this we know love. And the Greek word here for know means to look. It means to recognize Not just to know something, but to look at something. (laughs) When the Bible talks about knowing, it doesn't mean just knowing something as a fact in your head. It doesn't just mean knowing something exists, but it means to see it and to perceive it and to understand it, to recognize it. Christmas is just a week and a bit away. And one of the hardest things that um, I think happens for a lot of us as we get to the season is thinking about gifts. Right, thinking about gifts for loved ones. It's stressful because um, you don't want to just give the same gift that you gave last year. And generally, I think you have two different kinds of gift givers. You have the practical gift giver and you have the sentimental gift giver. You have the person who will give kitchen utensils or a person who will give a journal. The person who gives socks versus the person who gives A framed quote. And I think that's okay. Like there are different kinds of gifts for different kinds of people. Some people are incredibly practical. Some people are more sentimental. But whatever the kind of person, when you're thinking about a gift for someone, the hope is when the person receiving the gift sees the gift and they open it and they recognize fundamentally that This gift is an expression of your love, your genuine love. They see that you love them. That's what the hope is, not some formality that, you know, you just go through and you give them a gift. But really, like, when you think about a gift and you give it to someone, that's the hope, that they see it and they recognize that you love them. And John says that you and I can come to know God's love in the same way we can see it. He says by this we know love we see this because christ has laid down his life for us and that's a gift that's the gift that we receive that we look at and that we open and as you gaze at the cross that's how you know love the love of god is poured out into your heart not by way of some subjective feeling or vague understanding that god is love it's not just by telling yourself over and over again god is love god is love but it's actually by seeing the cross seeing jesus crucified on the cross that he really laid down his life for us that's how you know love and that's the first lesson here for us to know god's love for me i need to look at christ not just acknowledge it as a fact Yes, yes, Christ died for me, no, but to really stop, to pause for a second and to look, to perceive and to recognize, oh, that's right that's that's how I know that he loves me. So it begs the question then this morning, What am I looking at in my life? What am I looking to in my life? What has captured my vision? Is it my social media account? Is it my work? Is it my yard? Is it my family? Is it my team? What am I really beholding and looking at? That's the first thing that we must do. We must look at Christ. We must perceive Him, and we must recognize Him. And so often, we don't even do that. The second thing is, we must leave, right? That's our second point. We must look, and secondly, we must leave. And here's the thing. It's because looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus, implies looking away from other things. Think about it. Looking to Jesus means looking away from other things. Looking to Jesus means leaving behind other things. Um, and this season that we're in, uh, called Advent, as we lead on into Christmas, it's often known as a season of repentance, where you really have a lot of self-reflection and introspection and you repent, right? You turn away from other things that are preoccupying your vision and your capacity uh, for God, and you turn to God. That's what the Advent season is known for, a season of repentance. And you might be thinking, well, isn't all of life supposed to be about repentance? And that's true, but Advent especially is a time where we think about why we, we repent at all, and we think about what true repentance actually is. And here's the thing, it starts with me shifting my gaze, right? As my eyes begin to look at Christ, also my heart and my feet must follow. I want you to think about the very, very first Christmas that ever happened, right? 2,000 and something years ago. Think about the wise men who heard this great announcement of the Messiah. What do they do? Well, they went to see for themselves and they left their home. They left their homeland. They left behind what was comfortable and what was familiar and they went to see Jesus. See, repentance is a response that requires you to leave something. To leave distractions. What do we mean by distractions? Distractions are anything, anything which promises you that You can have ultimate peace and joy apart from God. And all of us have those things, right? Whether it's money, whether it's sex, whether it's power. For some of us, it's laziness, which says there's nothing higher for me to live for. And repentance is to get up and to leave those things behind. Why? Because just like the wise men came to realize, Christ has appeared. And in Him, I see the love of God. In Him, I see forgiveness. In Him, I see peace. In Him, I see salvation. I can see all of these things, so I get up and I leave. I want you to notice the order of how this happens. This looking, right, and this leaving, all of this is prompted by the good news of the gospel. We don't repent in order to get the kingdom of God to come to us, No, we repent because the kingdom of God has already come to us. We don't repent in order to get God to love us. We repent because God loves us and has given us life in Christ. Do you see the difference? It's a call to look and recognize God's love and grace for me and to leave the false promises of this world behind. To look to Jesus and as your eyes move to him, your heart and your feet must also follow. So we must look and we must leave. And finally, we must learn. We need to learn how to love the way God loves. John says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So John here does something interesting. He points us to a higher love a divine love, and that is the love of God. He points to the love of God as a source for our human love, as a motivation for our human love. Have you ever thought of yourself as an unloving person? Maybe, but most probably not. (laughs) Generally, you know, we have family, we have people that we love, so we don't think of ourselves as unloving people. But Human beings, on the other hand, are naturally self-absorbed. Human beings are naturally inclined to look inwards, to be turned inwards on themselves. But it's the love of God that draws us out of ourselves. It's the love of God that moves us away from ourselves and leads us towards others. And the foundation for all of this is Knowing the love of God, there's no other way. Um, I've been trying to learn how to uh, write code. If you don't know what that is, it's, you know, think of those geeky people in front of computers and movies and they're typing out all this stuff uh, that looks very complicated. It's been fun, but it's also been really hard. (laughs) Um, And I found myself just listening to a lot of videos on how to code, reading articles and notes On code, I found myself staring at other people's code for hours and hours, and I was taking in a lot of information, but I was not getting anywhere. And it was only through actually writing my own code, making mistakes, banging my head against my desk that I actually began to learn through practice. And it's the same way with love. If you want to know what love is, what God's love is, Reading about God's love in the scriptures, it's great. It's amazing. Hearing sermons about God's love is great. Thinking about God's love, how much He loves you in your head, is also encouraging, and it's great. But without practicing God's love yourself, you are severely limiting your learning. If you want to love others in this way, in the divine way, in the uniquely winsome, self-sacrificial way, you need to do it. You need to learn by living it out with others. You need to practice it with each other by laying down our comfort, our pride, our convenience sacrificially in the same way that Christ did for us. That's when we learn about God's love as much as we've looked at it, as much as we've heard it as much as we've read about it. And John tells us to practice God's love in relation to each other in the church. That's what he means when he says brothers, right? Fundamentally, first and foremost, he says, if you really want to know God's love, love your brothers and sisters in the church. How does that look? Well, John says we lay down our lives for one another. And when you hear that, Your mind can go straight to the most intense form of that, which is martyrdom, right? Like, I literally need to, like, that's where your mind can go to. But what does it mean that we should lay down our lives for each other on a practical, day-to-day basis? Theologians have thought about this throughout history, and um, I want to share with you how one theologian, his name was Thomas Aquinas. He was a Dominican friar from the 1200s. Uh, incredibly intelligent uh, wrote uh, a lot of great uh, theologi- theological theological treatises on on God and and, and hum- human beings and how to understand that relationship thomas aquinas defines this kind of life laying down love like this he says to love is to simply will the good of the other right to love is to will the good of the other that's what he said To love is to will the good of the other, not just to want their good, but to will their good. Do you see the difference? It's not just to want the good of your brother and sister in the church, but it's to will their good, to pursue their good, even to the point of great sacrifice. That's what we see in Christ. Imagine if God just wanted your good and stopped there. Where would we be? No, God has willed our good. God has willed your eternal good, your salvation, your peace, and your joy, even to the point of great sacrifice. So John says, when we see that, that's what we should do for each other. We should lay down our lives for each other, for the good of one another. I think, when I I think about what this looks like in real life, I think it's so clear in the parental relationship. Think about it, if you're a parent, or even if you're not, think about your parents. If you're a parent, you don't just want the good, you don't just want good for your children, right? If it just stops there, um, you could have the best intentions in the world, but you could still be horrible parents. You don't just want the good of your children as parents, you will the good of your children. You want their joy, you want them to flourish, and there's almost nothing that you will do in order to sacrifice and make that happen for them. And in effect, what parents are doing is parents are laying down their lives for the good of their children. And that's what John has in mind here. With the body of Christ, what does it mean to love each other, to know the love of God, to love each other? Verse 17 and 18, I just want to read these two verses that come right after. John says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but indeed, in deed and in truth. Very, very clear. How do you lay down your life? Well, first of all, don't close your heart to your brother or sister who is in need. Have an open heart to others, not a closed one. But secondly, don't just love with intention. Don't just love with desire, but with deed and in truth. And here's where God's love serves as the foundation and model for human love. God, who saw my great need for redemption, loved me and he sent Christ to meet it. What I see when I look at Christ, what I see is the open heart of God for me. And what does that lead me to do? It leads me to open my heart to my brother or sister in Christ and then to meet their needs in the same way that God did for me. And it could be, I want to make some suggestions that you could practically do. It could be a meal given to a brother or sister. That's at the simplest level. It could be even a bill paid for maybe someone who is financially not you know, as well off. It could be a home visited right simple sacrificial deeds that is what God is calling us to do as the body of Christ. That's what it means to lay down our lives. It's not just about wanting the good of your brother and sister if you if that's all you go up to, you cannot learn about what God's love really is. you're severely limiting yourself. And so therein lies the call. The call is to learn to love by loving, really. By reordering our schedule, by reordering our resources, our time for the sake of others. Are you willing to do that? I'm not asking, do you want to do that? I'm asking, are you willing to do that? Will you do that? That's what it means to love. And the beautiful thing is when we love each other like this, It testifies of God's love. God doesn't just desire our daily good. He desires our eternal good. And when we love each other, that's what we're reflecting. So as we enter Christmas, and we're just a week away, um, this is what I would like for us to do. I invite you to do this as often as you can as as we approach Christmas. Uh, even now um i'd invite you to just close your eyes with me uh just for a moment you know it's sunday this is this is the lord's day and we're here to worship god today of all days is is a day where you stop looking at whatever it is that you're looking at whether it's your schedule for the week or the things that you have to do after you get home today or your family, or your work, or your holiday. Just for a moment, look away from those things and look at love. Look at Christ crucified on the cross. See Him, the most beautiful man who ever lived. He was without sin. He was completely innocent. And yet He laid down His life for sinners, willingly, In love. Look at his love. That's where you need to start. Christ incarnate came to us and he laid down his life. See that. Perceive that. Recognize that. And then and then our hearts and feet must follow. There are distractions we must leave behind. Otherwise we're not living in true repentance. And finally Learn God's love. It is time to become a person who loves just like Christ is a person who loves. And that's by sacrificially pursuing the good of one another. Desiring the good of those around us, desiring their eternal good, is not enough if we're not willing their good by reordering our lives, our schedules, our time, all of those things for their sake. That's how you learn what love is. And so start there too. Like, don't overwhelm yourself. Think about every single brother and sister in the church and, you know, make some kind of checklist. Maybe one brother or sister who you know is in need, who you can tell is in need. You want to will their good, you want to love them. What could that look like? Why do we do all of this? So that we may see. Ourselves, so that our brothers and sisters in the church may see, that the world may see. Christ, who is love. Let's pray. Father. We need love. We we know that much. We look for it uh, in all the wrong places. We try to manufacture it ourselves. Some of us. Um, really have forgotten what your love is for a long time. Um, Some of us are indifferent uh, to this idea of your love. Some of us have never known what your love is. Some of us are just desperate and hungry to know more of your love. And for all of us, the call here is to know your love. And so, Father in heaven... Lead us, lead our eyes to look upon divine love on the cross. That we may know it. That we may leave behind whatever else that that we're looking at. And that we may love each other. Even if we don't feel it. And by doing so, uh, learn what your love is. So I pray for your help and your grace and your people to be able to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.